Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today, we're looking at how to build teams remotely, and joining me to unpack that, we have Katie Murray, AIH, and Doni Sanchez, MIH, and Liz Hartstone, FIH. We were also joined by Katie's dog, and whilst on any other chat I may have edited about, his presence was actually very relevant, as you'll find out. So to find out how we can successfully build our remote teams, let's get cracking. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today, we've got a cracking topic as we delve into the world of remote working. As always, I'm not going to unpack this alone and joining me on my merry quest for knowledge, we have three more superstars from within the IOH membership who are all very kindly giving up their time to chat to us about this today. So, into the fellowship, we have Liz Hartstone, the co-founder of Hartstone Rochette Executive Search. A huge welcome to you, Liz. Thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. A little chilly, but otherwise good, thanks. Yes, very good indeed. And uh, how's the world of recruitment treating you these days? Do you know, I am really lucky that I found my dream job at quite a young age. Didn't ever know I was going to be a recruiter, but was interviewed bio recruitment firm in the 80s who offered me a job <clears throat> excuse me and I've been in that world ever since and uh, I love what I do it's buoyant it's booming hard to find people for every industry I know but especially hard in hospitality right now so it's a totally candidate-led market I would say but really keeping us on our toes that's for sure no doubt, no doubt, and I hear you. It's um, it, it, we are moving forward into this year with cautious optimism. That's my, that's my take on things. Just uh, the, it is as you say, it's booming at the moment. So let's enjoy the buoyancy while it's there. Absolutely. Well, you're very, very welcome. And uh, and then next up from within the MIH ranks, we have Andoni Sanchez, who is the director of HR at the rather lovely The Harry in London. Welcome, Andoni. Thank you. Good morning to everyone. How are you? How are you doing? Yes, very good, thank you. As Liz good, said, good. Um, trying to deal with um, the chilly weather that we currently have, but it's winter after all, so that would be the thing to expect. Yeah, indeed. And how is uh, how's life at the Harry? Um, well, we are doing an upgrade of uh, Opera today, so we all have our toes and fingers crossed uh, that everything goes well. Um, but other than that, it's business as usual. Very good. And of course, your uh, your general manager is the incredibly uncharismatic Andrew Coney, isn't it? Uh, he is indeed, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get that in there because um, he's, uh, well, he's a cheeky chappy, so I uh, I enjoy being cheeky myself. So yes. there we are. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, you're you're very welcome. And, uh, and then finally, from within our AIH members, we have the IOH's very own Katie Murray, who is the commercial administrator there. Hello, hello good Katie. Morning. Hello, hello. How are you? Um, like everyone else, I'm very cold this morning. <laughs> but no, it's, um, yeah, I'm absolutely fine. Thank you. Well, it's cold outside, but the conversation will be warm. Exactly. There we are. Exactly. <laughs> very good. Uh, what does a commercial administrator do at the IOH? Oh, what does a commercial administrator not do at the IOH? <laughs> um, um, a bit of everything, really. I um, work um, alongside our business partners in managing 
all the partnerships and I also help on the event side of things as well so it's a really lovely varied role that I do. Yes and you're my best friend as well because you are the, <laughs> the person who, who does the guest booking for this wonderful podcast yes. and I, I am eternally grateful to oh, you for that. It's a pleasure no it's a pleasure no it's, it's really good fun working with you on the podcast it's brilliant. Bless you. Well, you had to say that, didn't you? <laughs> Play me like that. <laughs> Great stuff. Well, you're you're very very welcome as well. And I'm going to come back to you now, Liz, and uh, and just ask you very simply: Why did you say I'm in to the IOH? That's quite a long question, actually, or maybe a long answer. It shouldn't be. But um, when I was at Westminster College in the eighties, one of our lecturers told us that we all had to join what was then the HCIMA, and as a load of students, we all probably didn't at the time and then when I worked for a company called Profile we had a great guy called John Waring who worked for the company in HR for us he'd actually also hired me for the four seasons before that and he told me it was my absolute duty to be (laughs) a member and he actually sort of walked me into the fellowship of it in the end and I was converted very early on so it was probably uh, early 90s that that all happened and um, I feel very proud to be supportive of the IOH I think it's I do understand what you meant by it, it is our duty I think everybody in the industry should support this industry uh, professional body I think it's a great giving back opportunity great networking opportunity I love meeting young up-and-coming uh, industry members and I think it's yeah I do feel it is my duty so that's why I'm in yeah I, you know, I, I I could not agree with you more I think it's um, it, it, it's one of those things whereby obviously you were forced to come into membership <laughs> by the sounds of it to start with but, but encouraged, in actual fact encouraged encouraged say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah I, I think it's all of our responsibility if this industry has been kind to you in any way shape or form which it definitely has to me then you know it's our it's our duty to keep it elevated and Absolutely. keep it on the 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 front uh, the front foot of things as opposed to yeah I mean it's yeah I I could not agree with you more. I'm wonderful to see the uh, you know how it's evolved, and I'm very proud of Robert and uh, what he's doing currently. And I love the fact that there is this new energy, there is a growth in uh, membership, and um, you know. The students that I was when I was told to uh, join and we didn't necessarily jump on that bandwagon. I think students are now. And I'm really thrilled to see that. Yeah. Well, let's hope they weren't forced. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think yesterday and on that evolution point, I think it was yesterday, only yesterday. We were recording this on the 17th of January. Uh, that the IOH announced uh, a new EDI lead. I saw um, that. Very in, which yeah. uh, is a super a, a major part of the continued evolution. Mm. So yeah, mm. I, you know, I, we've spoken about evolution on this podcast before, actually, and it's so important in business. Uh, why should the IOH be any different? Mm. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for that, Liz. Uh, over to you, Andoni. Why did you say I'm into the IOH? Well, because you want to be in good company, don't you? Uh, you know, is the place is yeah. the place to be if you are a hospitality professional. I was very lucky when I joined the Harry that uh, you know, as a company, we have um, you know company membership, and there is a few of us who are members, and uh, it has all these resources that are available to us, and you know everything else that Lee said, you know, a good platform for networking, and as you both said, is you know we all have to chip in and we all have to do our bit uh, for the good of the industry. 
here, here. Yeah, well, you weren't forced then. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose you were because you had a company <laughs> membership. There we are. Yeah. <laughs> I joined with pleasure. Very good. Yes, good, good rescue there. Good rescue. I like that. And then over to you, Katie. I mean, you you work for the IOH, so yeah. I guess you you had to say I'm in, but yeah, um, but I'm sure you're there because you want to be. Now, of course, I mean, I um, come from a recruitment background, uh, much like Liz, and I used to recruit for charities and not-for-profits. So I've always, always wanted to join such an organisation when I left recruitment. And the IOH, to me, just looked like a fantastic company to approach for a job. And um, yeah, here I am. And as has been mentioned, it's been a whirlwind since I've started. So many different projects, so many wonderful events. It's just such a brilliant place to work, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, well, and I think you've you've probably how long have you been there now? Um, it's Katie? been like a year and a half. So obviously, it, all the huge changes which have occurred has been while yeah, I've been here. So, then. Yeah, yes, it's, it's been a complete roller coaster. Um, there's not one dull day. It's absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Well, that's good. I'm I'm glad that uh, yeah, you you've definitely joined at the right time. It's uh, it's moving forward at a hell of a mm-hmm. rate of knots. So anyway, you are all very, very welcome. I'm very happy to to have you here today. So I, I think it's just time to get stuck into the topic at hand, which, as I said at the head of the show, is all about remote working. My opening statement today is this. It has been said that remote working is here to stay, but is building a collaborative team, sorry, a collaborative remote team impossible? So that's a very open question. I'm just going to I think before we kind of get into that, it's probably important that we kind of all, I suppose, understand what we're all thinking on what what actually is a, a remote team. So I'm going to come back to you, Liz. What does the remote working team mean to you? Remote working team to me means that uh, it's people who are not permanently based in one fixed office. Very good. Nice summarise. Yeah, I was expecting longer than that, Sorry. but that will uh, that, okay. that will do. <laughs> That's fine. Um, and Andoni, what, what's your thoughts on on what a remote working team is? Uh, well, I guess that what we are talking about is about working in a different way than traditionally we are used to. You know, we don't come all of us to the same place. But then that said, that that's something that was happening before the pandemic already. Where, yeah. where people work from different locations because, you know, you might be working for a company that is based in different places. But I guess that what we are talking about is, you know, I'm not I'm not getting up every morning, getting ready to go to a specific location. I can be working from home or I can be working from a different location that is not the company uh, headquarters or, or, or base. And everything else that comes with that, benefits and challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And and Katie, are you do you remote work or are you all office bound? We yes, um, we've obviously got the IOH office, and some people are there um, seven seven days a week, <laughs> five days a week. Yeah. <laughs> they love what they do. They love what they do. <laughs> yeah. um, five days a week, um, but then it's sort of hybrid working. So. Whereas I might be working from home a lot of the the week, we have got the opportunity to go into the office, and um, you know we go into other um, other remote um, offices that we can we can find in the local area as well. So although we're working from home, we do often meet up. So it's it's you know it's it's a bit of um, a bit of everything really. So I might be in the office one day a week and working from home four days a week, or I might go up to London and meet up with people. So it's it's all different for each person at the IOH. Yeah, sure thing. Actually, just a, a very simple question for, for each of you. Where are you actually recording this from today? Well, I'm at home in Buckinghamshire. 
I'm at home in um, lovely Wallington in Surrey. I'm in the office in Belgravia. There we are. So, um, the, I mean, this is this is the new world, isn't it, really? I mean, I, I'm recording this at home as well in my podcast studio. And in inverted commas, that's the third bedroom. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so it's that's kind of, I suppose that the, the key thing with this is, is that obviously we're talking about people who can work in an office. So, you know, obviously if you're in a, a restaurant and you're a waiter or a chef, you can't really remote work to do your job. Maybe somebody will pioneer that someday mm-hmm. who knows i don't know how but anyway but so that's a question that i always found quite interesting is that you have on the one hand in any uh, hospitality organization you're going to have people who are office based for their work and then you have people who are front facing out and about whatever it may be is it fair to have two different ways of working in the same organization anybody can chip in on that well, I, I, I don't see what the problem is because, you know, I have receptionists here who do shifts, uh, meaning that they do night shifts, but a lot of us, we don't do night shifts. So we, should we all, you know, start doing night shifts so that, you know, we are all equal? You know, different jobs have different requirements, and I think that everybody understands that. Also, different people have different requirements. And I think that we should understand that as well. So, you know, just because, as you said, the chef cannot, you know, cook breakfast at home doesn't mean that another employee who does a very different job uh, shouldn't be able to do their job from home if it's possible. Beautifully summarised, actually. When you put it like that, it's it's very obvious, actually, isn't it? That, um, you know, you know the job that you're signing up to do. So, and you know the uh, parameters that come with that. Mm. Yeah. Liz, as uh, someone who, like me, operates in the shadows of the industry, have you uh, have you noticed any trends on remote working over the last couple of years? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Um, I guess sort of my experience, I've been very lucky. So I pioneered it almost. I was working from home 23 years ago when I had my first child. Right. And always encouraged anybody who wanted to do it so in my entire team is a hybrid team and we always go to the office so pre-pandemic we were in the office two or three days a week Um, we were never there full time but there are other members of our team who want to be there so we are totally flexible and we can be because we're not customer facing except on the end of a phone or on the end of a screen these days Um, Mm. so we're very lucky that we can flexi work and, you know, my day can very often start very early because I'm covering uh, Asia uh, and it can finish very late because I'm covering the States. So that's one of the reasons we've always offered this flexible working so that we get, dare I say, the best out of people. Certainly very often working parents have found it particularly helpful. So I am a real supporter of it. I think it's, all, it's, it's it comes down to great communication, though. You know, you have to talk to your people wherever they are. Uh, and as I say, we have one team member, first jobber, uh, lives on their own and um, they don't want to live on their own and work from a flat on their own. So they absolutely choose to go into the office. So there's a big debate. Do we keep an office? Do we need an office? And um, it's still up for debate. We haven't got the, the answer to that one yet. Yeah, I suppose it's it's all about your your lived experience as as a business owner in terms of you know, you have to have the flexibility to try things, I, I guess. And I just quite rightly say what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for somebody else. 
somebody else might crave the, the the human contact and the the banter that comes from from being surrounded by people. I think there's there's um, I suppose there's a time and a place for both sides, right? I mean, and it depends on the individual in that as well. Because I take my own case in point. I work from home in the main, but I'm out, I, equally I love being out and about and meeting people. But if I need to get my head down and crack on with work, I you know I work in my my third bedroom and I have the the quiet space to be able to do that. I used to work for somebody who used to say if you're if you're not at your desk, you're not making money. Mm. That was the that was the line, um, and I couldn't disagree with that more, especially from a recruitment perspective. But in any case, that's a whole different subject matter. <laughs> Katie, what's your uh, your experience of, because you said that you do uh, a little bit of office and a little bit of, yeah. of home. Is that just with this job or have you had that through your career? No, I've since I came back from maternity leave, I took on a few different jobs working remotely. And I've seen over the years, it's completely changed the way that it's it's done. I don't know if that's solely down to COVID, but I know the jobs I worked in remotely before COVID, it was nothing like it is now. There wasn't so much of a team orientation of it all you you were literally on your own management didn't necessarily keep in contact with you um zoom wasn't as prevalent as it is now and it was incredibly isolating and it was you were genuinely remote whereas now it's brilliant being able to do the school run and then coming back and opening up the laptop and getting on with work and as much as that is good, it's also lovely knowing that the office is just down the road. And if I want to, then I can go in and work from one of the desks there and see people face to face. So it's the best of both worlds, basically, yeah. at the end of the day. So, you know, if, as I said, I've got a child off sick, I know that I can, I can work still from home and not have that worry. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the word you used that I picked up on there was uh, in the olden days, if you like. Mm. It could be quite isolating. Mm. And Doni, when I was uh, researching you in inverted commas, I noticed that you're you're a mental health first aider. Mm. The isolation element uh, from a mental health perspective, have you seen any trends or anything that, that has helped in that regard? Because I suppose that is a risk with this, is that you, you, know, you get somebody who is part of a team, but is isolated from that team because for one reason or another have you noticed anything with that and and i suppose the the, the follow-on question from that is what do you do about that if you do have a a, a team uh, member who is feeling isolated hmm. i think i mean you know the people that work from home here you know really we are working about hybrid working people come into the office some days you stay at home some days i think if we go back to the pandemic you know during the lockdowns that's that's in my experience when i've seen you know, people are struggling with not having the opportunity to be among people and have everything that comes with it. Mm. But, you know, Liz mentioned before, you know, it's about making sure that the communication remains open. You know, you may be working from home, but you are still doing your daily briefing if you want. Uh, you know, we have technology to help us with those things and it can be a phone call or, my, or we may insist that it's a Zoom video call where we all see each other. So it's making sure that the human element, the sociability of it is not lost. So at the end of the day, it comes down to good management, uh, doesn't it? It's about looking after your team and it's about understanding that, you know, where you cannot see people because they are not physically where you are, you are checking in with them and you are creating those forums and those opportunities to make sure that, that people are okay. 
yeah absolutely and and i, I suppose then yeah you, having the support function there if people are not feeling okay with it and yes uh, being i mean available absolutely i mean you know and if you have the awareness that there is someone you know who might be struggling you know then that is a person that that you're gonna make sure that they are okay that they have the support that they need but i guess that, that is whether there is uh, homework you know whether they are in the office anyway yeah totally and I, I suppose that's the key thing isn't it really ultimately it's going to come down to how the business is is led really and and what is made available to to people you if you're ultimately if you have a bad leader mm. then the chances are there's that's going to come with bigger issues than uh, than somebody who is you know covering all bases with this absolutely absolutely mm. yeah uh, just so you know guys by the way I th- Katie are you having work done <laughs> or something in the no. background no why <laughs> there's there's a there's like a drill noise or something like that that happens intermittently on oh. your oh that might be my feed. dog I thought it was a Is dog. he snoring? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that might have made my day. Um, <laughs> he snores so loudly. He's a pug. Oh, bless, bless. I, I thought you had. I thought you were having a, a, a drill. <laughs> Well, what I was going to say was, is that I'll be able to edit that out anyway. Oh, okay. so, don't, so don't worry. I did think. I just I thought. I thought the fact that no one had actually mentioned it, <laughs> no one could hear him. I was like, oh my god, he's so loud. I thought it was Phil's yeah. dog. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't let her anywhere near me when I'm doing recordings because um, yeah, she's a nightmare. But, but there we are. Oh, sorry, uh, Phil. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. I um, yeah, I was just saying it to to let you know that I'll, I'll be able to edit it out. Other than when you're sl- when you're speaking, okay. um, I won't be able to do anything about that. But in any case, well, that's completely thrown me. Um, but there we are. <laughs> no, great. Okay, so well, very very basic question then, I suppose. How do we go about building a remote team successfully? Because I, I mean, my opening statement was: Is building a remote team impossible? And actually, this was probably put front and center. I think in the pandemic, when people were still recruiting. Maybe there, there was a new opening coming for a, a hotel or whatever it might be. And lots of people were being recruited, having never actually been physically met uh, because we couldn't do it. We, you know, you just want but business had to kind of crack on uh, in any case and figure out ways to do it. So, I mean, I think we've probably answered the question that is not it's not impossible to do it. But how do we do it successfully? That's that, that's probably the better question. So I'm going to come back to you, Liz. What are your your thoughts on that and obviously you pioneered home working 23 <laughs> years ago so um communicate to me everything will come back to the quality of the communication and it's really just being able to keep in touch make sure uh, that all the team feel uh, included uh, whether they're in the office or whether they're at home and just there can be quite a lot of duplication in that though that's what you have to just be mindful of I think because I don't want to be having the same conversations with five six different people so as much as possible we'll do team catch-ups and and certainly during the pandemic we did an enormous amount of that and 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 the one thing I insisted we didn't talk about was work and I just wanted to check in on everybody and have everybody and we aired and shared recipes what we were watching on telly um, you know any exercise regimes or anything because I think one of my greatest concerns with uh, remote working is to people actually know when to stop. And um, I do find that it, the days can start earlier and they can finish a lot later if you're not careful. So it is just really watching what time you get messages 
from people. And and some people, it suits them. You know, if they're juggling busy family lives and they'd rather be around when their children are at home and so on, and then they would rather pick up again when the children go to bed, that's fine. But if they are uh, trying to do 24-7, that's not fine. So, yeah, communication, communication, communication is what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I, I suppose then from your perspective as a as a leader within your business, then you're somehow I suppose if you're if the communication is strong in your your organisation, and you do kind of identify that you do have somebody who is not switching off uh, or anything, I suppose is it is it down to you to kind of highlight that to them, or do they have to take responsibility for of that? themselves i think if i notice it and it's becoming a pattern i would definitely have a conversation and then you know it's down to the individual if if, if they aren't aware they've got a problem and they need to uh, think about it fine if, if people just choose to work when it sort of suits them better whether that's because of the time zone that we're working on a particular assignment or whether it's just uh works better for them that's fine as long as they're getting that balance in there I mean, if I can just say something, Phil, I mean, I completely completely agree because working from home, you've got the laptop at hand all the time. I mean, for me, it's in in the room and it can be incredibly difficult to switch off. You know, you've got stuff that needs to get done. And, you know, I do it because I enjoy it. (laughs) I don't feel pressurized that I have to do it, but time can just get completely carried away. Mm. And, you know, I've I finish at, you know, whatever time I do in the afternoon. And it's so tempting sometimes to think, oh, I can just do that quickly. And then by the time you know it, it might be seven o'clock at night. And it's completely different to if I'd actually physically left my laptop in the office at whatever time I would finish and then come back and maybe just sort of you know, not think about it for a little time. So, but I mean, that's that that's down to me, as, as Liz said, you know, um, it's down to the individual and how they manage that. And maybe that's something that I need to maybe look at myself because I'm you know there's just so much to do and I enjoy doing it but you know there has to be a cutoff point I think when you're working from home and working remotely that um you know you sort of manage time better yeah yeah I, I suppose having the flexibility to the job at hand as well in terms of as Liz highlights you know geographically sometimes you're you're maybe going to have to do a piece of work that involves a different time zone so mm. just be respectful of that but don't neglect your own home life yeah. uh, as a yeah. as a result of it yeah I, I, my my uh, wife and I my wife also works from home uh, as well so you know we, we never get away from each other and we go out on a dog walk together so you know <laughs> we're just always in each other's hair but we found that we kind of we manage each other a little bit in that regard as well so there's there's days that probably like the vast majority of people here you know work can get carried away you lose track of time as Katie said you know you get your head into something that you're enjoying and then all of a sudden four hours have drifted by and you don't know you know it's nine o'clock at night and you think oh how did that happen but we always set a rule that at seven o'clock we'd come and check on each other you know if we are working beyond the realms of what one deems to be a bit too long then the other one comes and says right step away now you know and whether that's a step away for the entirety of the evening or just a step away to clear your head so you can get a better perspective on things. So putting play, something like that in play in your own home life, I think is really, really mm, useful because then you're not overstepping any boundaries within that home life as mm. well. And everybody's on the same page with it. And it comes back to Liz's point about communication. Mm. Use that communication mm. ethos at home as well, right? 
absolutely. Uh, God, this is marriage counselling now <laughs> as well. <laughs> well that's, Phil, that's not a different to, you know, when you are in the office and you get a text at seven o'clock from your partner saying, are you coming home or what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I think is you know, if you're going to have, if you're going to bring working from home into, you know, your way of working, it's about creating new habits and it's about, you know, awareness for me is, is, is a big concept. You know, we've said, you know, you get carried away and you look at the watch and, and it's seven or it's eight and that happens working from home, but it happens working from the office as well. Yeah. I think that probably having that awareness of, you know, what's my day like? I have this flexibility if I'm at home that maybe I don't need to be starting working at nine o'clock. I can do it at 9.30 because I take the kids to the school if that's what you do. But it means, you know, that then maybe I'm working until six or 6.30 because, you know, that's what suits me. But it's having that awareness of, you know, what's my day like, uh, you know, what's my days becoming and setting those rules. And I think, you know, if you have your wife at home, as you do and and you can check on on each other and support each other then you know that's a great support to have totally and I, I, equally then i think it, it comes back to you know simple things that we are all kind of we know about and we're, we're taught and you kind of learn about and all that things like diary management so if you mm-hmm. look at your diary and you've got you know a full day then just communicate that I've got a full day today, so don't expect to hear much from me. You might have to do the dog walk on yourself. Um, those those sorts of things. But um, actually, speaking of dogs, this is a bit of a random segue. But is uh, this actually po- uh, came into me when we were talking about Katie's dog earlier on? Um, is is the the boundaries for professionalism changing? Because the the reason why that popped into my head as a question is that I remember a few years ago, pre pandemic. There was this uh, this poor guy that we all thought at the time who was doing a live piece on BBC News or something like that. And one of his children walked in oh, to yeah, the room yeah. behind and, and the nanny went, you know, she tried to creep in uh, as best she could or, or, you know, whoever it was that was uh, trying to, to help. And at the time, you know, that went viral because it was so out there. <laughs> but, but now that's life, isn't it? It is. And it's. I think it's really human when somebody on a screen whether it's a child a, a pet uh, a, a partner wh- whoever can engage my husband regularly brings me cups of tea and if I'm on a, a yeah. zoom or something he then chats to the co- whichever team <laughs> member I'm talking to at the time and because um, he also works from home Phil so again a bit mm. like you but he worked from home way before me even right. so it's sort of yeah it's just very much part of our culture and he's probably very good at trying to tell me when it's time to turn off, which I'm not very good at doing. So um, I love yeah. the uh, the point that you made there about just making sure you have that conversation as well. Yeah, and, and equally, I kind of on that point of, of professional, this is what I, I love about, I, I completely agree with you. I think the point of being human should never get lost in business. Right. You know, and I, I that that's why we're here, right? We are human and people make mistakes and things happen that are out of your control and rather than kind of jump on people for it you know just take the humor mm. in, in you know what's wrong with having a laugh if if you've got a dog on a podcast who's snoring <laughs> you know <laughs> uh god that that needs to go on a t-shirt doesn't it that's that, that's, that's a quote for the future that one but that that to me is one of the joys I think of of what remote working has bought is that it has changed the the, the boundaries 
of profession of what we used to deem as professional. The, how many times now do you jump on a, a Zoom or or uh, whatever the platform may be, and you know somebody's not in a suit and tie, you know mm. they're they're just they happen to be in a t-shirt or or whatever. Does that mean that they can do their job any less? Absolutely not. Absolutely. I would say. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think um, for me, I mean, I joined the IOH and I'd never met anyone in person until we had our first strategy day. And my interview was done over Zoom. And the, that's the only place I actually saw everyone. And I think I got to know them a lot better than I would have done if we were in an office, because as you say, it is more human. You know, people's kids do pop up on the Zoom calls. As you say, people's dogs and cats come on and you get to know them a lot better, I think, because they are in sort of in their own home surroundings and it is just more normal than being as you say in a shirt and tie in an office and purely talking about work yeah it's disarming isn't it It, like you Mm. you see the the human in their life and all their glory well hopefully not in all their glory (laughs) the um but you will sometimes probably uh, there's probably a few of them on uh, that have gone viral as well but that that to me is actually i suppose the thing that really underpins what makes a really cohesive team mm. is when you can disarm people and show them who you really are not who you're trying to be um mm. and i think remote working has actually had a major part to play in that because of these moments whereby you get you know the the kids walking in in the background the the dogs snoring and you know on your lap while you're trying to do a, a serious meeting <laughs> oh, God, it's right on cue as well. Isn't it? I'm finding it really hard not to laugh every time I hear him now. But, but that that to me is an absolute joy and 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 part of the the wonderful evolution of of now how we do business. Absolutely, this is that as you say. It just comes back to this very human uh, aspect, and I think uh, I'm I'm a big supporter of that. And how yeah. and how healthy really it is, you know, that you work in an environment where you are expected to compartmentalize different aspects of your life. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's what the pandemic, you know, has brought, you know, all the changes that we are seeing in the workplace and you know, affecting some industries more than others. But, you know, we've discovered that, you know, it's like if you work in an environment where, you know, you wear a suit and a tie and then you meet people, you know, you see them in the supermarket because they are local to you and, you know how weird it is to see them dress casually you know so all those boundaries are becoming much more loose but you know there is opportunity there you know you get to know people better as it's already been mentioned you are seeing more dimensions of who the people that you work with are and there is opportunity there rather than you know we shouldn't be focusing on the judgment of you know you are not being professional or how you are portraying yourself well you have an opportunity to get to know that person better embrace it yeah, and fundamentally, you know, if it's not affecting their ability to do their job, mm. what's the problem? Mm, absolutely. I mean, we've seen yeah. it in hospitality. You know, we have, you know, we have very different types of establishments, you know, where uh, once upon a time to work in a five-star hotel, you know, everything was very, very rigid and, you know, in terms of, you know, your dress code and in terms in terms of uniforms. And now we have hotels, you know, we have boutique hotels, we have lifestyle hotels where we want to break from that convention and we want people to be themselves. And we want to create an environment where our, where our guests uh, come here and they feel that they can be themselves and that it starts from employees being themselves. 
So it's really nothing that different, I guess, that it comes with the culture of the organization where you work, because there has to be all sorts of establishments and all sorts of 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 cultures. And I guess you know that again, this is which this is what the new the new world has brought is has brought choice for people. You know, Liz was saying that it's a candidate's market at the moment, and and, and people have the choice to say. I don't want to work in this environment because it doesn't offer me the opportunity to work from home. So I'm changing jobs. I'm going to do. I'm going somewhere else where 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 you know they accommodate my needs, so they accommodate my choice of lifestyle. Yeah. So it's for employers to, you know, wake up and smell the coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nicely said. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I've seen this firsthand as well. Whereby post pandemic, when things started getting moving, and the, you could see some companies who'd made the move very, very quickly and some who hadn't. And, you know, when taking a job brief once upon a time and, and some, you know, one of the questions that I now ask anyone when I'm taking a job brief, is there an opportunity for hybrid working? Mm-hmm. That has to be part of life now. And if you're saying no to that, that we need them coming in in uh, you know five days a week, then you have to understand that your candidate pool is going to be far less. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it might be tough to hear that you might not have the infrastructure in place to make that happen. But regrettably, if you're not willing to get the infrastructure in place to make that happen, then you're probably going to get left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what is it? The most time. controversial thing I've ever said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well Probably done, not Phil. just alienated well all of my clients' <laughs> base. But, uh... It's the real world. You're being honest. No, indeed, and you know, and and I think that's the thing is that even that's it's been a big thing for me to change. I'm I'm such a human contact person. I love to be around people. I love the energy that that brings to me, and you know, so that having your the your own self awareness about where you fit in all of this, I think, is massively important as well. And I found it really, really difficult to move away from a, a face-to-face meeting, you know, over a coffee in a hotel lobby or whatever it may be that I might be meeting somebody, to moving to a virtual interview. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, I still go out and meet people uh, as well. But, you know, it's that, I mean, that's just, it's just something that actually, in reality, makes sense for business in any case, mm-hmm. because... I've also had situations on my other podcast that I, I host whereby I had an HR director who was an, a, a, an area HR director who used to have to get around a massive portfolio of properties across a quite a, a large geographic space. And she actually said that, you know, actually the pandemic has really helped me realize that I don't need to be spending all this time traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can still dip in and out virtually and then be a lot more selective about when I actually go and visit so you know there I think there have been many wonderful things that have come out on the back of uh, what we were all asked to do in 2020 and I think just having that flexibility of mind has been a a massive part of that Mm, I'm on one today (laughs) (laughs) have any of you seen any wonderful innovations within the remote working space or anything that you've done yourself that you think the the world should hear about this because this is brilliant (laughs) I looked at that one a few times and I was trying to come up with something really helpful for you Phil but I I, I can't think of anything that I would class as a wonderful innovation sadly but I've done some fun things with lots of different companies whether it's things arriving at the door and you all join in um, activities 
that that's about the most innovative uh, I think we got. But and that was clients and candidates and team, bit of everything. Right. I mean, I think what I've seen in my local area is a hybrid working is now seen as a brilliant thing, and there's lots of community hub spaces which have popped up and are opening with various um, different things for the people that work there. They've got bars there, cafes there. Um, So it's more like a community feel and you can go and just work there whenever you want to. You can hire a room, you can hot desk. So it's making it a bit more, you know, more more the norm that, you know, you don't have to work from home necessarily. You can pop out, you can be part of the community and you can meet new people. You can try new areas of hospitality. You can give back in that way as well. So it, it's it's really nice seeing the the sort of the especially where I live, the new places which are opening, which are offering that. I mean you wouldn't have had that a few years ago. Yeah, I, I, this is also a byproduct. One of the it depends on your viewpoint of this, but it's a strength or a weakness as to what's happened. Is that of course less people are working in the office and city centres and things like that, spending more time at home. So actually local food and beverage scenes and, you know, the the kind of just general social scenes are thriving mm. because of it, because it's just a displacement of where people are, are spending their money. Mm. And as we were highlighting earlier on, you know, I've had my birthdays at my, it's actually my wife and my own birthday in January, and we've been out across January and we've been out locally, it's been packed. We've been in London and it's been packed. Mm. And that to me is just a, it, it's almost like a redistribution of the wealth. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the city centres have had it boom town for 10 years, but maybe the local communities have not thrived as much. I don't know. It's just a, a, mm-hmm. a, a bit of an observation over the last little while. And that's come about because we can, people can work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, in in certain circumstances, I saw something uh, a f- probably a couple of weeks ago that I'd, I'd heard that Google were going to be asking their employees to come back to the office for four days a week. Yes, I saw that, Phil. It's Google, hi, um, Tesla, Disney. There's a raft of them. Yeah, that have said because and 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 it was a chief exec of Disney who felt that being such a creative business collaboration face-to-face was essential and I wasn't sure how I felt about that but I sort of get it and I think every company has that right to make that stance subject to the results because if if the results just aren't there then the the case isn't proven but if they you know my business partner also believes very much in having the team all together in one place for for that um, brainstorming, sharing, airing, and so on. But um, my argument will always be: we can still do that. We just don't have to be in the same place to do it. But but I do believe you do need everyone together regularly. Just doesn't have to be every day yeah. in the yeah. same place. Here at the IOH, we have our um, quarterly strategy day, where the whole team gets together and sort of the the extra parts of the IOH, our wonderful editor and our hospitality assured members, etc. So we all come together and the podcast host. I say and the podcast host. Yes. Um, yeah. So yeah, we all come together. We we'll talk about different plans we've got, and you know, as a whole team, we'll all talk about what we think and you know what we can be doing and as much as yes that can be done over zoom that's nothing like seeing people face to face and actually having a lovely catch-up and seeing people in person mm. and you know every every three months and we've got that to look forward to and it's always a really really lovely day and you know we always look forward to doing it yeah i hear what you're saying as well Liz. i i like you i don't know how i feel about 
like forcing people now to do that mm -hmm. like but I, I suppose you could argue four days is not five i don't know whether um you get any travel benefits from traveling four days out of five instead of five i don't know but anyway yeah. but equally you know effectively the last two years we've asked people to be flexible and now it feels like businesses are just going back to asking them to be inflexible mm -hmm. that was my first thought is that that's they've actually that's not progressive but you probably have to think that a, an organization like Google, who's fairly data-driven, has probably run the data on this, mm. that there's, there has to be some data-driven decision-making around why they've done it. But in maybe in pursuit of the data, they've, they've forgotten about the human. Also, there's a huge cost to running an office, isn't there? And if you've got an empty office, that, that's, that's a problem for them. Yeah, absolutely. Andoni, any anything to add into that? I'm conscious that I've oh. kind of dominated the conversation <laughs> in the last five minutes, but I guess that uh, you know these companies are making these movements. It would be interesting to understand, you know, what's the rationale behind, you know, to say that people need to be together, you know, the social interaction, you know, the creativity that comes, you know, how we feed each other, you know, yes, yeah, so we, we won't argue with that. As it's been said, can that still be done remotely? You know, does it have to be four days per week in the office? Can you just have, uh, you know, as we currently do, maybe once per year the team goes out for, you know, let's get out of the workplace and focus on the strategy for the new year. You know, that sort of, of thing that, that we were already doing. It's not incompatible and it's about finding the right balance. And I would just say, you know, really was behind these decisions. You know, you mentioned they must have run some data, maybe, or maybe what is behind these things is certain values of what the people who are, you know, in a position to make these decisions, what are their values of what the workplace is and what, you know, how we should be working. Mm. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with having A or B values. But again, you know, it's about being aware of, of what decisions you are making and what's really behind them. And as we have been saying, how is affecting your business? How is it limiting your recruitment? How is it affecting your retention, your engagement? You know, I think the flexibility in the workplace is here to stay because people have had a taste of a different life. And how, you, how can you be saying to people, you cannot do what we have been doing for the two years? Because it's proof, it's proven that it can be done. And and the world never comes back to be what it was, you know, whether it's a pandemic disrupting the world or, or is anything else. So, you know, I think that it's going to be very interesting to see how things evolve in the workplace. But I think that the good thing, I guess, is that there is choice now. There are companies and there are leaders that are uh, willing to offer this flexibility and let's embrace it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, I think that the point you make about values is hugely important. And there we have a situation whereby, you know, ultimately all I've done is taken a, a headline around, okay. you know, Google and these other companies doing that. But at the at the same time, if that's being communicated clearly and the reasons for doing it are there, there are going to be people in the workforce out there who go, well, I get that. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. So it, it comes back to probably the, the and maybe this is, and a lovely way to wrap things up is that ultimately the some of the rules of business have not changed in this. The number one rule 
is communication. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just being able to communicate things properly. We we have the tech platforms to be able to do that in a team environment. Now it doesn't have to be all done face to face, but communicate expectations clearly, and everything else will fall into place. Um, and people will will get on board with that or not if they want to be in a, a five day a week mm-hmm. office environment. Absolutely. And uh, mm. yeah, you make it sound so easy, Phil. I agree. Don't we just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, you know what, though? That's one of my big things. And I uh, I do think business gets overthought about quite a yeah, lot. So I, I think a lot of the time, if we just stripped it right back to, to some very, very basic basics, then you know, things become a lot clearer. Sure. Maybe that's a topic for a podcast in the future, the basic basics, mm. <laughs> whatever that is. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, guys. I've uh, thoroughly enjoyed this conversation today. I think we have reached some some interesting conclusions. And um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Speak to you all soon. Bye bye now. Bye. Bye bye. Today's episode of I'm In covered remote team building with Katie Murray AIH and her dog, Andoni Sanchez MIH, Liz Hartstone FIH and hosted by me, Phil Street FIH. As always, a huge shout out to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell MIH for artwork and branding and Leon Williams FIH for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org and to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be discussing the future of hospitality education.